It's Wake Up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Six the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. And just gorgeous weather out there today. And according to what you heard from Don Day, for the next five days or so, just absolutely stunning out there. This is just more opportunity to get outside and enjoy it while you can. Because at some point, you know, winter's slowly moving our way. We'll get into all sorts of the important news that I have lined up for you. And there are some things that are worth actually talking about in the news. Earlier this week, I had a day where the news media, because they really don't know what news is, I went searching through every news site that I could find. And I have a massive file here of news sites from all over. And nobody really had anything. So I picked a completely different topic that had nothing to do with anything that was on any news site. Today, I'm overwhelmed, but I'm going to put it aside. So... As many of you know, because you've been hearing advertising on the radio stations that carry this program, television host Mike Rowe is coming to Wyoming, and it's about time. Been wanting to get him on this program for quite a while, but he's actually just coming to Wyoming to talk to the people of Wyoming. Now, he's going to be, we got tickets over here for this, he's going to be at the Ford Wyoming Center. October 26th at 7 p.m. So if you want to go see him, then you can still get tickets. That's in Casper, Wyoming. You can still get tickets for that. And I've already gotten word from people who don't live anywhere near Casper. They're buying tickets and they're coming all the way out to see him speak, which is worth it. So, of course, since we're getting closer to that date, Mike Rose people call my people or person, Miss Mary... And they get together and work out a time where I can get an interview before the event happens. So I had a chance yesterday. I had to come back to work. Oh, that's so tough, right? Now, I go home, and I actually laid down for a bit because I needed to close my eyes just for a little bit. And I'm right in the middle of this nice nap, and the phone rings. It's Miss Mary. You got to come back because he's going to be on it too. Okay, so I'm back here yesterday at... 2 p.m. And I don't normally, if I interview someone, normally it's live. But for Mike Rowe, whenever, I'll be here. So I came back and had a chat with him over the phone, which you're about to hear. I'm going to play this twice this morning. But it's also going to be not just on the podcast, but on the Wake Up Wyoming site. So you'll be able to go and read about it and listen to the interview and even share that if you want. We haven't posted that yet, but it will be real soon here. So here's my conversation with Mike Rowe yesterday, who, as you can imagine, is extraordinarily, he's extraordinarily easy to talk to. What you see on television is what you get in person. So here's a conversation from yesterday. Morning. Wrong button. Mike, I've had a chance over the years to talk to a lot of different people that did not make me nervous, like uh, a couple of different presidents, senators, some actors. The only time I was ever nervous during an interview was last year when I was talking to your mom on this program about a new book. (laughs) 
You know, that's ironic because yes. I spoke to her a couple hours ago and I yes. found myself completely overwhelmed with anxiety. Yeah, and then I went home immediately and cleaned my room right after that. I actually, <laughs> I asked her afterwards because we've been trying to get you on this program. Wyoming is about one of the most blue-collar states that you're ever going to find. Sure. So can we maybe mom go ahead and give Mike a call and tell him he needs to come on his program. And her answer was literally, yeah, sure, I'll see what I can do about that. And I don't think she ever... <laughs> well, you know what? There was a time yes. when she was known for her brutal honesty. Yes. But now she's oh. known mainly for just saying whatever she needs and to say to get through the you interview. You reach so. that age, Mike. You reach that age where you don't care anymore. And she was great about that. I think this really, we have been trying to get you on for a while because when you take a look at the state of Wyoming, the majority of what we do here is energy, it's ranching, it's welding, it's laying pipe work for cross-country pipelines. Really, it is the blue-collar job, yet even a state like Wyoming these days has a tough time finding people that want to take those jobs. Well, you're in good company. It's a, um, it's a, it's an epidemic um, on the verge of becoming something like a pandemic, if it's not too soon to use that turn of phrase, our um, our national and collective relationship with the kinds of jobs you just described is, um, is weak. And the level of connectivity, in my view, that, that most Americans have, the understanding of where their energy comes from, where their food comes from, and the various set of miracles that need to occur and the people who need to perform them, in order for that to happen, that's um, that's also at a at a low ebb. So, yeah, um, I do what I can in my TV shows, and you know, my mom and I are like minded right. on this to the extent we're able uh, to remind the masses that you could learn a lot from the people of Wyoming and um, and Oklahoma, where I do a lot of work, and you know, that was a lesson we learned early on, dirty jobs, and and one that uh, keeps rearing its head. I think it's part of a problem when I see, first off, at home, because so many people are disconnected with where things come from in their home life, so they don't pass it on to their kids. But then also we get into our public school system today, and I don't see any of that taught in public schools. I think most people have no idea in their young age where things come from, and so they don't look toward those kinds of jobs. I, I couldn't agree more. You know, the country talks a lot. And there's a huge conversation that goes on between employers and potential employees in terms of whatever the opportunity might be. And that's well and good and important. But I think what you're saying, and, and certainly what I've tried to articulate through my foundation and on whatever opportunities I get, is to talk about that, that larger sense of understanding, awareness, and, and ultimately gratitude that should be alive and well with anyone who shares our addiction to smooth roads and affordable energy and indoor plumbing, heating, air conditioning, electricity, and so forth. It's difficult to, um, to foster that kind of gratitude without shaking your finger or delivering a lecture or some kind of sermon, which nobody wants to hear. But we have to try, because if we don't have some collective understanding or gratitude around those vocations, then they're going, I'm afraid, to continue to uh, atrophy. And then we'll learn what the real consequences are of 
of being disconnected. I did read to my audience on Monday an article which I at least brought a little bit of a smile to my face. There's a lot of jobs out there that have said in their application or whenever they posted something we're looking to hire that you need a college degree for whatever the type of job it might be, which usually to me, I would scratch my head wondering, why do I need a college degree for that? Well, a lot of these companies are finding that those degrees have become increasingly more expensive and oftentimes people show up with degrees and stuff that doesn't relate to any actual job. So these companies, like Walmart to name one, but some other other companies and various other from retail to manufacturing and so on, have decided just to forego the college degree, we will train on site. Do you see more of that out there yourself? Because that's what I read in the article anyway. I do. Um, I haven't seen a company as large as Walmart do it in some time, but I, but I do think we're going to see a lot more of it, and I think it's inevitable. You know, I mean, look, if you're a parent, you don't want to screw up your kids. And if you're an employer, you you don't want to hire the wrong person. And so we look to some sort of survival guide, some sort of checklist, you know. And for a long time, college degree has been on there. It's become indicative of the kind of person we think we want to hire and of the kind of person we think we're going to get. But, of course, causation and correlation are two very different things. And I think a lot of employers have begun to realize that, okay, they got the degree, but what did they really learn? And what is it in their chosen major that actually applies in a meaningful way to the job description at hand? And the more those things stopped syncing up, the less sense it started to make. And now if if you talk to some of the biggest employers in the country, there's, you know, it's not a thing that they that they like to admit or or write about. But if you dig into their HR departments, you'll find just a, a huge mismatch of internal skills and the amount of training that has to go on to bring an employee up to speed who you would think would have the basics under control as a result of getting their credentials. It just doesn't line up anymore. I am seeing a bit more of a push, not just here in the state of Wyoming, my home state of Florida, I saw this push going on as well, for homeschools, charter schools, and even uh, private schools where people are getting out of the public school system in part because those schools are teaching not just basic critical skills like how to read math, things like that, classical training, but also getting them into more of the idea of what you have to do to be a successful person in America. And a successful person doesn't necessarily mean rich. It means stable. It means balanced, too, right? It means financial literacy. It means a a true an accurate understanding of the basic history of the country. It matters, you know, for a lot of obvious reasons. Who was it? Santa Ana, right? You, you don't learn from it, you're doomed to repeat it. But I don't know that parents are confident their kids are being taught that. I don't even know, Glenn, to your point, that parents are confident their kids are getting the basics. I mean, it kills me to say this because my mom, uh, was a public school teacher. My dad for many years, my my nieces, my my sister-in-law is a principal, you know, in the public school system, but the um the results are not encouraging right now. We've got many 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 kids who are functionally illiterate upon graduation. Many more like 
in Baltimore, where I grew up, I just read a report, the city schools, it's like close to a zero competency rate in what you and I would call basic math. So, yeah, I suspect a lot of parents are looking for an improved education in general, but I think many more are, are just looking for a place where they can feel like the basics are being taught. And whether that results in a, in a homeschooling scenario or some kind of hybrid K-12 uh, apprenticeship program sort of thing, we're seeing all sorts of new options come up. Um, the question, of course, is will they be opposed? And if so, how, uh, how vociferously, right? I mean, there's an amazing amount of pushback against charter schools. And I, I understand the argument, but in the same way Walmart has come to the conclusion that they're not going to make that a box you have to check, I suspect we'll see more similar changes in, um, in secondary education, too. Yeah, when your kid's 23 years old and he's still living run free at home, there might have been a problem somewhere. So, okay. Could have been. You know, yeah. unless he or she is a skilled tradesman living down there in the basement taking care of your drywall and uh, all of yeah. your plumbing and all your electric, but studies show Probably not, that ain't yeah, the case. So let's talk about what you're doing in Wyoming then, because, of course, I, I've been watching you on TV for years, and I've read your material, your books, and so on. But I'm trying to picture what a stage show looks like. So is there a banjo <laughs> and an arrow through the head? How are we doing this here? You know, I looked into the banjo and the arrow thing and got a cease and desist from Steve Martin's people, yeah, okay. so no, not going to do that. Um, basically, what I do is I walk out and I I try and understand who the audience is, um, and I've got 350 unforgettable stories from Dirty Jobs, and I try and pick one that I think is germane, and I tell it as entertainingly as I can, and then I try and explain why that particular filthy crucible led to the formation of a foundation called MicroWorks and why I go to Congress every so often to beat my t shoe on the table and, and talk about the importance of reinvigorating the skilled trades and about our scholarship program, which has so far uh, sent out about eight million bucks in work ethic scholarships. I'm proud of that. But, you know, it's not a uh, it's not a TED talk. It's not a lecture. It's not a sermon. It's just uh, hopefully a humorous telling of my own crooked path, and uh, in this case, why it brought me to Casper. And, and and honestly, you know, I'm asking more and more, what what can the country learn from the people of Wyoming? Uh, what, what can we learn from the trade school uh, that we'll be talking about? I think the answer is probably quite a bit. Let's talk a little bit real quick about MicroWorks, the whole foundation, and how do people get involved from either end? I mean, either just to uh, donate some time, money, whatever it might be, or if there's somebody who possibly could benefit in their future through MicroWorks. Twice a year, uh, sometimes once, but hopefully twice, we do a work ethic scholarship program. We give away a million bucks in uh, – in funds for people who want to affirmatively learn a skill that doesn't require a four-year degree. I'm not opposed to four-year degrees. Honestly, I've got one. It served me well, but I do believe they're egregiously overpriced in general. $1.7 trillion in student loans would seem to bear that out. And uh, the 11 million open positions in the country that don't require a four-year degree are the opportunities we focus on. So we offer these scholarships to help train the next generation of skilled workers. And we started doing it in, I guess, 2008 on Labor Day when I launched the foundation. 
which evolved really organically, Glenn, out of Dirty Jobs, which was at the time, I guess it was like the biggest show on cable. We were in a couple hundred countries, and I wanted to do something to help give back to those basic industries, and that um, that modest PR effort uh, got completely out of hand, and now we're a scholarship fund and a trade resource center, and this uh, this foundation has become the the sun in my weird little solar system. So I tend to it every day, and I've been really encouraged and uh, delighted to the degree that we can at least have conversations about the definition of a good job and get kids and parents and guidance counselors to think a little bit differently about the opportunities that are actually available and the prosperity or something that looks an awful lot like it that can be enjoyed from mastering a skill that's in demand and going to work. Mike Rowe, Thursday, October 26th at the Ford Wyoming Center, which is in Casper, Wyoming. Contact them for tickets, 7 p.m. Can't miss me, Mike. I am a big shot in this area, so I'll be in row 18. <laughs> well, I'll look for yes, you, Glenn, right, and you. I'll give uh, I'll give my mother your regards. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring her along and you guys can have a nice catch-up. She was so much fun to talk to, honestly. I, I really enjoyed that conversation. All right, Mike, yeah, hey, thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. 6.23 is the time. I will replay that interview a little bit later on this morning for those people who join us later on in the morning. But now, if you would like to hear it all or share it, Miss Mary's putting the final touches on it. The story is ready to go. She's just got to attach the audio to that, and she's working on it. So you'll be able to go to the Wake Up Wyoming site, and she'll alert it out as well, and read the story that goes with this interview and listen to the interview again, or if you want, share it. 6.23, Wake Up so many opinions, we had to build the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app to hold them all. Free download from AM 1030 K2 Radio. Put a frog in boiling water and it'll jump right out. But put a frog in cool water and slowly heat it up, that frog will boil. 
As veterans, we tell ourselves the lie that we can handle anything. We let the water boil. You are not a frog. If you or a veteran you know needs support, don't wait. Reach out. Find resources at va.gov slash reach. That's va.gov slash reach. Brought to you by the United States Department of Veterans Affairs and the Ad Council. Roxanne Watson is on a mission. Hello, how are you doing today? She wants more people to register as organ, eye, and tissue donors. Are you an organ donor? Yes, I am. Yay! Yay. My goal is to sign up the most people in the United States. <laughs> what drives her? Roxanne's own life was saved through the gift of a heart transplant, made possible by an organ donor. I decided that day that I was going to devote myself to the cause of organ donation and signing people up and honoring my donor by doing that. Now she's back to health, and she's a powerful force helping to save lives every day through her work. Imagine what you can make possible by leaving behind the gift of life. Eight people can be helped with the major organs, and up to 50 people can be helped with a little bit of everything. And when you think about it that way, that you could help that many people, it's amazing. It really is. Learn more and sign up as an organ, eye, and tissue donor. Go to organdonor.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, Health Resources and Services Administration. I spent a lot of time in the garage, but even more time in the rain and mud. In 95, I helped tow your moving trailer. And in 09, it was sparks from me, your chains, dragging behind your truck that accidentally started a wildfire. Spark a change, not a wildfire. Visit SmokeyBear.com, brought to you by the U.S. Forest Service, your state forester, and the Ad Council. Only you can prevent wildfires. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. Six of the time, it's Wake Up Wyoming. My name's Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. If you missed the micro interview, I got it again at 8 o'clock. And again, it's going to be on the Wake Up Wyoming website in just a little while from now with audio. Of course, if you listen to Wake Up Wyoming 
off the Wake Up Wyoming app as a podcast, which happens after the show is aired. It becomes a podcast. You'll hear it there, too. So all right, that having said that, it was interesting talking to him, which I've been wanting to do for years, because he's one of those guys in his program, Dirty Jobs. The first time I saw one of those episodes, also How America Works, found it was right in sync with a lot of things I was already thinking. But I like the idea, his approach to it. He would show just the grossest, I mean, most horrible, most difficult jobs that are out there. But it's one of those things where, well, somebody's got to do it. You'd be surprised what has to get done in order for us to lead a nice, comfortable American lifestyle, the kind of work that actually has to get done. And some of it is really difficult and really gross, but also can pay really well if it's the right kind of job. And so the fact that he would shine a a spotlight on these people with dirty jobs, to me, was probably became one of the most important television shows I thought that I had ever seen. Because in many cases, these are very humble people that will never get fame and fortune. It's just not going to come their way. Although, here again, some of them make pretty good money doing these really disgusting jobs. But that is How America Works, which is the title of his other program, How America Works. In Dirty Jobs, Mike Rowe goes out and does the job himself. In How America Works, he just narrates it as we get to see people doing extraordinarily difficult jobs out there. And we get an understanding of where things come from, which is what I wanted to bring up in the interview with him and did. We are at a disconnect here in America. We go to the grocery store and grab food, having no idea what has to be done in order to provide that food for us. It's just there. It's just magically there. And many people have no idea all of the effort that goes into it. In fact, they will get angry with and blame capitalism for many things, but just check your history books. Any place that's just tried to provide food for free ended up with no food at all and millions starved. Any place that made food for profit through a capitalist system ended up with affordable food in so much abundance that people got fat, like here in America right now. That's a free market system for you. And it's been that way any time either method has been tried. And yet the great disconnect, you know, there's a a book out right now called The Great Reset. That's a good title for a, a book, The Great Disconnect, which shows or would show, maybe I should write that, which would show how we are certainly disconnected today from where everything comes from, from the electricity out of your sockets. How, how does that get there? Many people don't know, which is why the cult of climate change demands that all coal, gas, and oil stay in the ground. But if we did that, they wouldn't even have their wind and solar energy because they don't know where things come from, how things are produced. I watched a video some years ago. A young lady, California, has no clue where water comes from. She was upset to get a water bill at her apartment. She honestly asked the question right there into the camera, and she posted it on YouTube. Why would I be charged for water? It's like water. Because she has no idea how water gets from where it is, 
whether that's underground or reservoir, whatever the case is, and is cleaned up to make it safe and gets to where she is, all she knows is she turns this tap and it just magically flows. She even gets hot in cold water. She has no idea where anything has to cut. It's just there. You turn the tap. There it is. Plug something into a light socket, you get electricity. Go to the grocery store, the food's just there. So why would you have to pay for anything? Because it's just magically there. That's a great disconnect. And because of that disconnect, when it comes time to go get a job, get a profession, most people have no idea why they even have to work for a living. That's something I've seen quite a bit of just in my life. It's disturbing the first time I saw it, but it's gotten worse from my experience. The number of people who even ask the question, well, why do I have to work? I don't understand why anyone would have to work. What is that all about? Why can't we just have... Because they don't know where things come from. We are privileged in America in the sense that we have become the richest, most prosperous nation in the existence of the human race. What's bad about that is we're completely disconnected for how we got here. 642 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Listen to Glenwoods anywhere you roam with the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Volleyball tonight. Laramie will will take on Cheyenne Central. Thunder Basin will be at Latrona and Cheyenne South will be at Cheyenne East. In college volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls will be at home tonight in Laramie to meet Nevada. Cowgirls are 3-5 and in Mountain West Conference play, 14-5 and overall. Nevada is 6-13 and overall after tonight. Tonight's match, the Cowgirls will be on the road at Fresno State on Saturday. At our wildpreps.com, athletes of the week have been announced uh, for the girls. Buffalo's Maya Hall and Green River's Tavia Arnell uh, are the co-winners. Hall was uh, a cross-country runner for Buffalo, and she won the 3A Easter Regional Championship over the weekend. Not bad for a freshman. And Arnell won four events in girls swimming at the Gillette Swimming Invite. The boys, wildpreps.com, athlete of the week is live. Alden Bremer, the quarterback from Lingofort Laramie. He ran for 124 yards and two touchdowns in their win or their overtime win over Pine Bluffs. Member of uh, voting begins on Friday at 6 p.m., Monday through 9 a.m. Uh, for next week's WildPreps.com Athlete of the Week. And go log on to the website or log on to the WildPreps app. The high school cross country season will conclude on Saturday at the Cheyenne Country Club. So this, there'll be six races on Saturday. The 3A boys will be at 10.30. The 2A boys Boys at eleven, the four A boys at eleven thirty, and then the three A girls at noon, the two A girls at twelve thirty, and the four A girls will be at one p.m. And also there'll be regional swimming meets this weekend, Friday and Saturday. The four A East will be at Cheyenne East, the four A West in Laramie, the three A East in Cody, the three A West in Green River. The state girls swim meet will be November second, third, and fourth up in Gillette. That's it in sports. See, here's the thing about watching sports as you get older. I, I guess. For some people, you're watching other people play sports because you can't do it anymore because you're older. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For me, I don't. I could never watch sports before, but I especially can't now because just watching these people makes me tired, Frank. Oh, I know. I, I, just, I, I the, the people that, that that drives me nuts is they're trying to live vicariously through their their kids' lives. Oh my God, yeah. Please let them play. This is not about you. Yeah, no, it's not. No, just sit back and be an armchair quarterback to yourself. We don't want to hear it. Yeah, just say. Oh, good play. Yeah, 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 good play. Yeah. Thank you, Frank. Coming up on some local business that we have to take care of. Going to roll into news time after that. National local update on weather forecast. I have not talked about the much about the Middle East or Hamas because you're getting it nonstop on the news networks. 
I do have one thing to say about it next hour. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Next time on Wyoming Hookin' and Hunting Outdoors with host Drew Kirby. Another great show presented by Rocky Mountain Discount Sports and Brooks Companies. Of course, as always, we talk with Janet and the Wyoming Game and Fish Department crew. You never know what we'll chat about. Brian from Rocky Mountain Discount Sports and I will chat about the latest and greatest going on, and you never really know who else is going to stop by. Be sure to tune in. Sundays at 11 a.m. or 24-7 on demand on the K2 Radio app. Pets bring so much joy to our lives. They're loyal, they're protective, and smart. Yet as smart as our pets might be, they can't advocate for themselves, especially in the event of a natural disaster. Hi, I'm Sean Lowe. Last year during Hurricane Harvey, I saw the impact of natural disaster firsthand. Many families suffered the added heartbreak of being separated from their pets. That's why it's important your pet is part of your family's disaster preparedness plan like storing pet food, medical records and supplies in waterproof containers. Proper identification, a microchip, and a photo of you with your pet can help in case you get separated. And keep their favorite comfort toy handy. If you take steps now, you'll encounter less stress during the chaos of an emergency. To learn how you can prepare your pet for a natural disaster, talk to your veterinarian and visit banfieldfoundation.org slash disaster. That's banfieldfoundation.org slash disaster. Don't save it for a rainy day. Gary LaVox here from Rascal Flats. Seems like there's never enough time to get done what you have to. It's easy to get wrapped up in work and the busyness of life. But sometimes the people you care about most get the least of your time. As you chase your dreams, don't forget the people that mean the most to you. Your friends, family, kids, or spouse. They need you. It's a good reminder for me, and I hope for you too. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. I'm talking with Susan Burke of Hospice because you think hospice, you think of end-of-life care, but then there's all of those people who need help, friends, and family afterwards. Absolutely, and we're talking about grief care. And at Central Wyoming Hospice and Transitions, one of the things that I hear from a lot of people is they don't realize that we offer grief care to the entire community, free of charge. So you don't have to have had a loved one or family member on our services in order to take advantage. So we offer it a number of different ways, Glenn. We have one-on-one sessions. We do group support sessions, community events throughout the year like candlelight remembrances. And we also offer special care for youth because, you know, youth grieve differently than adults do. And often what you find is a situation where the loss has been suffered by the child or the young person and also the family. The family is dealing with their grief and they don't often know how to deal with their child's grief or their nephew or their grandson. So one of the things that we have going on now is a program called Where Art Meets Grief. And that meets once a month uh, on the third week of the month. And it's a partnership with the Nicolaisen Art Museum to help young people process their grief through art. And it takes place at the Boys and Girls Club. That goes through the end of the school year. And then it will start up again in the fall when school starts up again. And let's not forget, for those people who are suffering through grief, it's not always immediate. Absolutely. So a lot come of, on back anytime. Well, I'll use myself as an example. My mother passed away in 2004. 
four, I think. And I still get waves of grief about that. The grief doesn't go away. We tend to kind of grow around it and learn how to accept it. And everybody's journey is different. And nobody really knows how to go through it because it's sort of trying to reach a destination in the dark without a map or a flashlight. How do they find more information or attend a program? You need to just give us a call, 577-4832. We also have a lot of information on our website, which is centralwyominghospice.org. even more hostages than first thought. I'm Dave Anthony, Fox News, all being held captive in Gaza. 203 families have been notified that their loved ones are being held by Hamas and smaller factions inside Gaza. We've been talking with intelligence sources who indicate there are conversations going on behind the scenes to try and get some of those hostages out before the Israeli ground operation moves forward. Fox's Trey Inks near the border reports Israeli airstrikes killed two more Hamas leaders overnight as the terrorists keep firing back on Day 13 of Israel's war against Hamas. Moments ago, there were air raid sirens sounding in the city of Tel Aviv, Israel's second largest city, sending hundreds of thousands of people to bomb shelters. Israel's also been hit by rockets from militants in Lebanon, where the U.S. Embassy is urging Americans there to get out as soon as possible. The day after his trip to Israel, President Biden will address the nation from the Oval Office at 8 o'clock Eastern tonight. On his way home on Air Force One, he said Israel has allowed Egypt to send humanitarian aid to Gaza. If Hamas confiscates it or doesn't let it get through, it just confiscates it, then it's going to end because we're not going to be sending any humanitarian aid to Hamas. Well, they want to help the million-plus Palestinian civilians who fled their homes in the war with food and fuel in low supply. Nearly 3,500 have been killed. Jim Jordan could try for a third day in a row to be elected House Speaker, though 22 of his fellow Republicans refused to back in the second attempt. Several lawmakers are now openly pitching the idea of giving the Speaker pro tem. North Carolina Republican Patrick McHenry expanded authority to allow the House to vote on resolutions and bills. It's a move that would likely require buy-in from a significant number of Democrats along with Republicans to end what has been now more than two weeks without a Speaker. Fox's Jared Halpern. We just got an update on unemployment. First-time jobless claims fell last week to 198,000. That's the fewest since mid-January. America's listening to Fox News. If you're living with aches and pains, especially if they're frequent and nagging and relentless, I want you to take a moment and think back to the last time you really felt good. Can you even remember what it felt like? Now, here's even a more important question. What would you give to go back to feeling like that again? Maybe it would just be nice to take a stroll with your loved one or play with your grandchildren. I've suffered from persistent, crippling pain almost all the time for about five years. When I started taking Relief Factor, I took it because my wife made me start taking it. I didn't think it would work for me. Yet here I am today, virtually pain-free, doing the things I love to do, all thanks to my wonderful wife and Relief Factor. I love that it's not a drug, but it was developed by doctors, and about 70% of the people who try it go on to order more. Are you part of that 70% that can get your life back? Your first step to becoming pain-free just might be to order the three-week quick start. 
Here is the latest from K2 Radio News. The Wyoming Wild Sheep Foundation pushed forward on an initiative to bring wild sheep back to their native range within the Granite Mountains just between Lander and Casper. This is an ongoing effort that was first proposed to the Wyoming Game and Fish Commission in 2021. The foundation reasons that bighorn sheep historically roamed the Sweetwater Rocks and were documented as early as 1812 by fur trader Robert Stewart and later by trapper Osborne Russell and explorer John Fremont. But in the early 20th century, their populations began to diminish due to disease from domestic sheep and overhunting. Further, the foundation posits that increasing the populations of wild sheep in Wyoming will add additional wildlife viewing and hunting opportunities. The process of returning wild sheep back to the bighorns is complex and has been discussed since the 40s. For landowners, the question of contact between domestic and wild sheep and grazing rights raise concerns. Yeah, so the good news is in in the area that is being proposed for bighorn sheep, there are no active sheep allotments. So there are allotments that could be used for sheep, but they currently are not being used for sheep. They haven't been used for sheep, and they're unlikely to be used for sheep anytime soon. So there's there's no sheep in the immediate area. However, there are um, domestic sheep allotments in, in the greater area, and it is possible that a, a wandering young ram could, could wander into those areas. Um, thankfully, the Montese shop at the University of Wyoming did a habitat assessment and risk of contact analyses, which kind of measured the risk of contact between domestic sheep and wild sheep in the area, and it's very, very low. That is Katie Cheeseboro, and she is the executive director of the Wyoming Wild Sheep Foundation. The plan has faced an uphill battle against skeptical agricultural producers that want legally defensible assurances that their ranching operations will not be affected. Ultimately, the future of wild sheep in the Sweetwater Rocks depends on the Wyoming Game and Fish Department, the Wyoming Board of Agriculture, and Wyoming Livestock Board. On Tuesday evening, Evansville police officers were called to a citizen complaint about a female soliciting others for sex at a local gas station. During the investigation, officers learned that an Illinois resident, Ashley Kinsey, had a non-extraditable warrant out of Missouri. Kinsley made statements about working internationally and globally. The reporting party told officers that they were one of the individuals who Kinsey asked how much they would pay her to have intercourse. Officer McFall arrested and charged Kinsey at the end of the investigation for prostitution. Both prostitution and soliciting a prostitute are misdemeanor offenses in Wyoming. In each case, a conviction carries a maximum punishment of six months in jail and a fine up to $750. The most serious prostitution offense in Wyoming, aside from human trafficking, is promoting prostitution. And just a quick reminder, today is the consignment for the Casper Mountain Racers Alpine Ski Team's annual ski swap. The swap will happen this weekend. More information at Kit.com. Reporting from Casper, this is Colby Fedor. Casper's oldest trailer dealer is still their most dependable. Head to Foreman Sales for all your trailer needs from open and enclosed trailers to gooseneck and more. Plus full service and repair. Sunny skies, beautiful October weather continues near 70 today, low 70s Friday, 60s to near 70 Saturday and Sunday. Through Sunday, it'll be a dry forecast, lots of sun, few high clouds, nights 30s and 40s, cooler by Monday and Tuesday. I'm meteorologist Don Deck. Six of the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Wood. Thanks for joining me. It's a Thursday. I swear I can see the weekend from here. 
Now, for those who've been asking, quite a few people have been asking, when are you going to play the Mike Rowe interview? I chatted with him yesterday off air and recorded an interview, which I don't usually do, but with certain people I will. So I was back in the studios at uh, 2 p.m. to record that interview to play today. Now, I already did earlier last hour, but I will again at 8.06. It will also be posted on the Wake Up Wyoming website. So you'll be able to read a story, an article about it, and then go back and play the interview right there. Off of. Also, the podcast version of this program will have it as well. But he is coming to town. Mike Rowe will be at the Wyoming Forge Center October 26 at 7 p.m. If you want to get tickets for that, that's in Casper, Wyoming. Uh, so that's why he was on the program. All right. Now, I don't normally pick up stories like this only because it is just being played to death at nauseam on former news networks and newspapers and so on. By former, I mean Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, but also New York Times and pick your newspaper, former magazines now online and so on, where all they're talking about is what's happening in Israel and with Hamas. That's all they're talking about. It's nonstop. It's relentless. Even when they have no new information, it's nonstop. What I usually do is I wait for something to happen that's actually new and different. Then I can say, hey, I've got something for you. That's why I'm going to talk about this briefly, and then we'll move on to other topics. So a missile apparently hit a hospital. And this, of course, Palestinians screaming at Israel fired the missile. And Hamas is screaming Israel's bombing hospitals, right? This gets back to members of the squad in Congress. They're screaming, Israel's bombing hospitals. All right. Little investigation is done into it. The missile is not a missile that Israel fires. Israel doesn't have those missiles. In fact, it looks like from investigations, not so much done by Israel, although they did part of it, but other sources as well said, no, besides Hamas, There's other terrorist organizations in Jordan right now that are helping Hamas. And one of them just completely screwed up. And that's why this went off near a hospital and, you know, people injured and so on. We'll get into what kind of damage was done in just a minute. So when that information came out, News media should have immediately corrected themselves. In fact, news media should have had the facts before they said anything. And that's the point of this story. The same news media who wanted to shut down anything on COVID or climate change or pick a topic that they considered to be misinformation proved once again that they are, in fact, the purveyors of misinformation. Here's the headline. Entire mainstream media repeated Hamas lies. The author says, how quickly did it take the mainstream media to start printing Hamas propaganda after the explosion in a hospital parking lot? So it did not hit the building directly. It hit the hospital parking lot. And of course, as soon as Hamas sent out some propaganda, all mainstream media news outlets picked it up and ran with it. So, okay, the whole story was implausible from the beginning, this author says. Sure, it's not impossible that a stray Israeli bomb accidentally hit a hospital, though it certainly 
would have been unusual for Israel to drop bombs right next to a hospital filled with foreign doctors. Israel knows that fighting the enemy is only half the battle because every international organization has been trying to delegitimize their self-defense for decades. So they don't generally hand huge propaganda victories over to the enemies. Now, New York Times, just in the New York Times, they printed a headline, Israeli strike kills hundreds of in hospital, Palestinians say. Second, New York Times headline, at least 500 dead in strike on Gaza hospital, Palestinians say. Third, New York Times headline, at least 500 dead in blast at Gaza at hospital, Palestinians say. Okay, so again, this was reported immediately. So within hours, video from the area decisively showed the likely culprit of the explosion was a misfired rocket from an Islamist group based in Hamas-occupied territory. That's why I say a terrorist group in the area that's helping Hamas. Not that this stopped or even slowed down the Israeli killed 500 Palestinians theme. So let's go to, uh, again, New York Times. Israeli kills hundreds in hospital. And then here's more headlines. It, New York Times is one of them that continued to repeat this over and over and over again. And I can go through CNN, MSNBC. The story says newspapers around the world uncritically printed Hamas spin. So in other words, whatever press release Hamas put out, that's what these news outlets went with. They didn't check a single fact. I, for those who are regular listeners to the story, uh, to this program here, you've heard this story that I've told many times of the first flying car. When a press release was sent out by a company that's trying to make a flying car, and they said, if we do this, this will be the first flying car. And every news organization in America, small to large to extra large, went with it. They all did repeating verbatim what this company in Massachusetts said that they were doing. Nobody bothered to check for a moment to see if, in fact, it was the first flying car. And it turns out we've had flying cars available to us since 1948. There's always some company building one, and they work. Just they don't sell, and so the company goes out of business. It's happened many times. I've also told you the story of the kid, nine-year-old, who did a study uh, Americans use 500 million straws a day yeah drinking straws and most of them wind up in the ocean which was completely wrong news organizations across the country ran with it nobody checked anything here again Hamas sends out a press release one of our hospitals was hit 500 people are dead no the missile hit next to the hospital it did not come from Israel. It came from a terrorist group working with Hamas. Their mistake. We don't have mass casualties like they were claiming. But your news media just grabbed the press release and ran with it. The story says, now in light of day, the entire story is collapsing. The hospital still stands almost undamaged. And there's evidence that a relatively small explosion took place in the parking lot. That was not an airstrike on the hospital, not even close. Even the solar panels on the hospital roof, still just fine. 
We have pictures and video, which some of which I'm looking at right now. If 500 people had been killed by the bomb, they were exhumed from the rubble because the pictures don't show any of that there. All right. In the meantime, we still have uh, not just the members of the press reporting the same thing over and over again. But here's Omar in Congress screaming, they bombed a hospital. And at the time, she knew it was a lie. Oh, maybe when the story first came out, she didn't know it was a lie because every news organization was saying the same thing. But after it was shown to be a lie and she was told, she kept repeating it. But more on her in a minute. Now, I'm not big on celebrities. In most cases, well, the vast majority of cases, when a celebrity hits the news, I just blow past it. I don't even look at it. I don't care. This one actually caught my attention. The television show Interstellar. Interstellar star Jessica Castain, I think is how you pronounce her name, pleads for help to find a credible news source after New York Times and Washington Post and other such news organizations published conclusions over the Gaza hospital blast. This is something that she wrote on Twitter. Is there any, and she capitalizes any, Is there any place that I can go for accurate news? We are living in a dark time when giants like New York Times and Washington Post rush to conclusions and trying to keep pace with social media. Social media is not a credible news source. Please, folks, guide me to a place. You see where she's going with this? (laughs) Desperately asking for help. Guide me to a place where I can get well-sourced information. Well, okay, I tell you what. Don't turn on any of the news networks, any of them. You're not going to get it there. New York Times, Washington Post, they haven't been credible for decades. And I can go on with other news organizations out there that, from NBC to CBS and et cetera, et cetera, but also USA Today, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, where they just print information and go with it. Remember, these are the same people who are slapping folks down for misinformation during COVID, during the last presidential election. And yet, who really is the purveyor of misinformation here? when they don't even bother to fact-check something before they put it out. There was the rush to put it out, so they grabbed the press release and went with it. Do you want to be first or you want to be right? 717 is the time. Wake up, Wyoming. Got something to say to Glenn? Use the chat on the Wake Up, Wyoming mobile app and get your opinions straight to the studio with K2 Radio. 722 is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. All right, 888 Woods, the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. I'm getting some comments here in the story that I just read, how Hamas puts out propaganda, which turns out to be completely false. A hospital was not bombed. Israel did not bomb a hospital. 500 people are not dead. A local terrorist group helping Hamas completely blew it, and a small rocket that only damaged a few cars, landed next to a hospital. There's The hospital's fine. There's not 500 people dead. But that's your news media doesn't check anything. It, it sounds like something that ought to be true, so they go with it. 
rather than waiting because they want to be first with the story. They don't want to be right about the story. So they just go with it. Very typical for your news organization. So for the actress that asked the question, where do I go for good news? Uh, yeah, I Boy, do I feel your pain. So it's what I do daily here. I look at news organizations, and I don't care if they seem like they're friendly to my point of view. A lot is wrong. Now, look, I can forgive someone for making a mistake. I'm on here five days a week, four hours a day. I'm going to make a mistake now and then. It's going to happen. Okay. But the trick is to try to go back and, well, correct that when I do, but do all I can to make sure I'm not making a mistake, to research it as thoroughly as I can so it happens as little as possible. And yet, most news organizations today don't even try to do that. They just regurgitate. And if it fits their narrative which is why you often hear only one point of view rather than them considering anything else that might possibly be true. They only focus on one point of view. All right, now, moving on to the next thing because I could spend an entire four hours just talking about that. All right, let's go back here into the state of Wyoming. Speaking of clearing things up, so in Rock Springs, there was a group who wants to bring in a drag queen show. Before you jump to conclusions, Cowboy State Daily, a Rock Springs resident raising concern about an upcoming drag show for kids, which I never understand a drag show for kids. To me, that's disturbing, but okay. And it would be held on city property. Now, that sparked a lot of debate about morality, free speech. The Broadway Theater in Rock Springs is hosting reading of Tara Lippensticks, I think is how you pronounce it, children's book, Letter from the Queen, Tuesday at 5 p.m. The event is billed as a drag story hour that is family friendly. Rock Springs residents protested, not all of them, but there are some who protested. The city's perceived involvement in the event during Rock Springs City Council meeting. So, quote, I don't think kids need to be exposed to this kind of stuff, said one woman. Just let them grow up to be who they're going to be. They can form who they're going to be later in life, but I think we're putting things in their minds that don't need to be there. Council member Tim Robertson sparred with this lady and disputed her concerns. Uh, He said... Uh, well, being a Christian, do you think that your view should dictate what other parents or guardians want to do? After some back and forth, he said, I don't think we should, uh, the mom who was concerned, I don't think we should have the event. Rock Springs mayor intervened in the debate. He said, I certainly appreciate your right to come here, of course, and petition us. It's the same one that protects their right to the event. Either everyone has rights or no one does. He went on to say, and and he talked about a white supremacy group called Patriot Front wanted to rent the Broadway theater and hold a community meeting. He said they have every right to do that, no matter how repugnant their message might be. So in other words, they have a community theater, and the point of the community theater is anybody can rent it for private events. So, yes, the theater is owned by the city, 
But if a private group wants to rent it for a private whatever, they can go ahead and do that. Pearson told Cowboys Day Daily on Wednesday in an email, in fact, that Patriot Front representatives have been raising protests around town. That's part of why he brought that up. Quote, the First Amendment, our U.S. Constitution, prohibits government agents from restricting free speech. So uh, that's why, according to, well, those uh, who are in power there in Rock Springs, if this group wants to go ahead and put on this you know, drag show where they're going to read books to kids, it's a open to the public thing if you choose to event. If you choose to attend this thing, it's not something that's happening in the school. If it's something that residents don't want their kids to see, then don't buy tickets and don't go. As far as the city owning the theater, well, you know, city rents it out to anyone. And personally, just so you know, that's one of those things which I also have an objection to is if there's going to be a local community theater, I think that's a cool thing. I did local community theater when I was a kid very long time ago. I did. But it was privately owned, privately run. It was not run by the city. See, I don't even like the idea of the city owning the local theater. Let that be a private group, maybe a non-profit group, or someone who owns it privately, whatever the case is. And that also helps the city stay away from controversy like this. So if somebody wants to put on some kind of a reading like that, you know, you go ahead. And those people who are interested will show up. And those people who are not won't. And it's all done privately with no government ties to it whatsoever. Coming up on 7.30, local news coming your way. Right after local news update on your weather forecast, you and I can get back into it again. 888-97-WOODS, the phone number. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the conversation at 888-97-WOODS. Seven thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. All right. Triple eight ninety-seven. Woods. The phone number eight 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 ninety-seven. W O O D S. And for those who missed the Mike Rowe interview that I recorded yesterday with Mike Rowe in the first hour of the program, I'm going to replay it at eight oh six. It'll also be on the Wake Up Wyoming site. And of course, this show becomes a podcast after I'm off the air. You can always listen to that. All right. So the story I just read was from Cowboy State Daily, Rock Springs Drag Queen Story Hour for children sparks heated debate. And the deal is, okay, so the city owns a theater and anybody can rent out the theater. Whatever your point of view is, if you want to rent out the theater, you can rent out there. All right, so here comes a kid's story hour. They say it's family friendly and it's going to be, the story's going to be read by drag queens. All right. Some moms were very upset by that, but that's where the city council and the mayor said, look, if, if we start banning some people, we have to ban these other people from it. Now, of course, you have to draw a line somewhere. Would they allow um, a strip show? I, I don't think they want the thing to become a strip club. So my answer is, well, that's why I say you have to draw the line somewhere. My answer is I'd rather even the city don't own a theater. I like the idea of government being involved in it as little as possible. That way they stay out of stuff like this. Plus, I don't find government very responsible with things anyway, no matter where the government is. So the less they do, the better, as far as I'm concerned. So 
if it's a private venue and it's a private event, but you can buy tickets to it, that's one thing. I would, I would object if this was being done in the school and the kids had to attend. There's where I really have a problem. Well, on that note, Blue Eyes and Douglas Morning Blue Eyes, she says the only drag uh, on the drag queen thing, as far as I am concerned, any parent that would allow their young child to see something like that is not concerned about what that would do to their young minds. Not good. Frank and Casper, movies have age admittance restrictions based on content. Theater events should either adhere to the same or all restrictions should be lifted. And now I wonder, okay, this is where it's really going to come. Frank, I'll play devil's advocate with you, okay? So, yeah, this is a drag queen event, but they say it's family friendly. And so they're going to just sit and read this book, which has a point of view about sexuality in it. But it's just going to be some drag queen sitting and reading this book to these kids. That's it. Now, what kind of rating would you put on that? Would you put a type of rating where kids were not allowed to attend? If they're reading from what's supposed to be a kid's book, I would have to see the content of the book for one thing. I'll start there. I have other concerns, but I'll start with, let me see the content of the book. That would be a lot like in, to pick one place, just one, Natrona County, Wyoming. They have uh, that those books in the libraries of, uh, well, library itself, but also the, I think the school library was the case. That had to do with sexuality. And some people may say, well, what would you care if, there's books there for kids to find about alternate sexuality. Some people do have a problem with that. But my main problem was when you actually look at what's in the books, it was really raunchy, really graphic. That was my objection. You should not allow that around kids of the age that would be in that section of any library. Yeah, there's where my objection was. That gets back to, so where do you draw the line on this? That's why I also like the idea of private libraries. Hey, your kids, you raise them the way you want. Not everybody's going to agree on that. Okay. But don't put anybody in a situation where the kid's at school and the school's going to dictate and the parents don't have any say. That's another huge objection. When parents find out what their kids are being taught in public schools and they have big-time objections to it. Now, that's where I start to side with the parents, which, once again, is where I'm in favor more of the school voucher system. If you are more leftist-minded, send your kid to that kind of school. If you're more conservative-minded, send your kid to that side of school. Go ahead. Rather than going to a public school where we find, in fact, public schools have not been generic in what they teach, Instead, they've had a very distinctive, far-left-leaning point of view, even at times propaganda, being thrust upon kids to the point that we just flat-out can't trust most public schools in America right now. There's where the objection comes in. My only objection for Rock Springs in this case is to the city, don't even own a theater. Let some private entity buy that and let them run it. That way the city itself is not steeped in controversy when something like this happens. And people can just get mad at a private entity. But, you know, private citizens can do what they want in this country. 742, wake up, Wyoming.
Mornings will never be the same. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS. Seven forty-five is the time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Off we go to talk to Don Day from Day Weather. Who, I'm Don? I'm glad there's at least a hurricane out there for you to occupy your time with. Yeah, no kidding. It's pretty slim pickings out there. Okay, we might. Okay, Don, we might have to reset this because you are breaking up big time. I'm going to go ahead and see if I can reconnect real quick here. I hate to do that because he was right into something, and it sounds like he was going somewhere good with it, but. Well, we just weren't able to hear it. So here's what I do here. You're going to hear a little um, weird connection ringy thing that happens between Don and I when I do this. Let's see if it comes through this time. There's the ringy thing. Sounds different than the original ring from when we were kids. I'll call my cell. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. I got to call his cell. Um, okay. Now I'm asking for his number. See, this is how things work behind the scenes over here. And, uh, or, there we go. Yeah, I'll have him call me. Here, take that, Don. Okay, so, yeah, what I was talking about with Don was there was uh, absolutely nothing going on weather-wise for him to talk about. Every single morning with Cowboy State Daily, he does a podcast. Uh, It's a video cast, really, where he puts up all the weather information, charts, and everything that he's looking at problem is for about the next five days or so there's not much going on and even when the weather does change up next week it doesn't look like there's a whole lot going on with it so what's this guy to do yeah okay wasn't working out so as he goes through his morning podcast he points out that at least down a little below mexico area something like that there's a hurricane and i thought well thank god that's going to make Don Day feel a whole lot better that there's a hurricane out there, that at least he can go ahead and talk about that. And then he went into the probabilities of what was going to happen weather-wise, you know, maybe uh, over the next few days or so. But there's just nothing going on, which is why I often encourage Don Day when he's got this kind of a, a dry spell, which keeps him just so uninterested and bored that maybe he should go on vacation. So if he was on his cell phone rather than what he usually, he and I usually talk over, which is why there was a bit of a problem there, then maybe the problem is that, well, for us, that he's decided to take a few days off and he went out and went fishing or something like that. I'll ask him. Okay. Not to worry. Moving on. Okay. Well, there you go. The whole connection thing with Don Day just didn't work out this morning. Off to the spots we go where I know Frank Gambino is still waiting by. Don't have to worry about the connection with you most of the time. No, no. The, the, there's the weather. It's going to be nice today. Yeah. It'll probably be nice tomorrow. It's sure. going to be nice on Saturday. Yeah. It's going to be nice on Sunday. And then after yeah. that, it's going to get colder. Uh-huh. And just, you know, turn the heat on. Right. Grab a coat. Sure. But enjoy fine. this week. It's not going to be a horrible yeah. cold, though. No, 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 it's going to be on it, the colder it, it, side it'll over be, It'll be seasonal, yeah, so don't seasonal. trip over it, you know. Yeah. This weather forecast brought to you by the guy who does sports. Yeah. Uh, it's, <laughs> yeah. No tripping. <laughs> Which, by the way, I have thought at times to bring Don Day on and have him do sports and you do the weather. Oh, he could. Just, oh, oh, oh 
Oh, Don is stuff here. Oh, Don is totally, totally fluent in this. Oh, okay. Oh, I didn't know man. that he does it because he's so obsessed with the weather thing. Oh no. Now no, I no. wonder. Okay, when you go to some event, and you're not doing sports, you're just someplace, yeah. right? You go to a local watering hole. But does everybody want to come up and talk sports with you? It used to be when I was on when I did TV. People, you know, they kind of knew who I was. Right now, not so much. Not so much anymore. Okay, you know, unless I know them, you right. know, um, and then sometimes, hey, what about those cowboys uh, okay. and stuff like that? And well, the, the I, high schools. And, you know. See, I asked that because I know that with me, everybody wants to come up and talk politics and social issues all the time which case most people know this by now when i am done especially at the end of the week i don't want to talk about it oh i i I agree i want a break okay so you figure then with don day people are going to walk up and talk to him about the weather oh i'm sure if they know who if they know who he is yeah, well, most people these days do because the face gets out there enough yeah. that yeah, people do. Now, if you walk up to a doctor or a lawyer and you try to talk, you know, their profession, they want to bill you. Not only that, they want to walk away. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I wonder if someone walks up to you when you're not on the clock and wants to talk sports, can you present them with a bill? 99 cents a minute. Oh, okay, that's good. Now, there used to be telephone, I don't know if they still exist, if you want to talk to somebody. Oh, I know. Oh. You call that number. <laughs> yeah. 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 So you can have Frank's sports line where people can call you and no, talk no, no, sports. No, 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 no. Just, just, just write me an email. Oh, you'll just answer that way? Yeah. So you don't want some guy calling you at no, like no, 2 o'clock no, in the morning no, to talk no, sports. No, 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 Because no. he's up late at night and he can't get to sleep. I think I'll just call Frank yeah. and 99 cents a minute Frank will talk <laughs> sports with me. Right. All right, our latest yopreps.com high school volleyball poll is out in class 4A. Laramie continues to be top rated in that classification. Cody second, Thunder Basin third, Kelly Walls fourth, and Star Valley fifth. Mountain View leads the 3A ranks, followed by Buffalo, Powell, Douglas, and Lyman. In 2A, Bighorn rated number one, followed by Grable, Wright, Tongue River, and Burns. And Little Snake River is the top rated team in 1A, followed by Upton, Cokeville, Southeast, and Riverside. School volleyball from last night and 4A Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South three sets to none. Today Laramie will be at Cheyenne Central. The Thunder Basin will be in Casper to meet Natrona, and Cheyenne South will go over to Cheyenne East. Our in college volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls at home tonight in Laramie to meet Nevada. Cowgirls are three and five over in Mountain West Conference, playing fourteen and five overall, and for, and Nevada comes in. With a record of six and thirteen overall, after tonight's match, the Cowgirls will be on the road at Fresno State. That'll be on Saturday. Our WildPreps.com athletes of the week have been announced uh, for the girls: Maya Hall from Buffalo and Tavia Arnell from Green River will share the award. A Hall won is a cross country runner, and she won the three A East Regional Championship. And Arnell from Green River won four events in the girls swimming ve- swimming meet at Gillette. The boys athlete of the week is Loudon Bremer from Lingle Fort Laramie. He rushed for 124 yards and two touchdowns as the Doggers beat Pine Bluffs over the weekend. The voting for this next WildPreps.com Athletes of the Week will start on Friday at 6 p.m. and conclude on Monday at 9 a.m. The high school cross-country championships will be on Saturday at the Cheyenne Country Club. The 3A boys will be first at 10.30, then the 2A boys at 11, the 4A boys at 11.30. 3A girls will go off at noon, 2A girls at 
12.30, and the 4A girls will be at 1 p.m. Regional high school swimming also this weekend. 4A East will be at Cheyenne East, 4A West in Laramie, 3A East in Cody, 3A West in Green River. The state girls swimming meet will be November the 2nd, the 3rd, and the 4th up at Gillette. That's it in sports. I'm just admiring some of the pictures that you have here once again on Wild Preps, which, by the way... People can send pictures in. Yes, they do. And yeah. I, I, Oh, yeah. Just submit them by, by the app. You can email them. It's all good. Okay. Because I'm looking at one picture here, a couple of football players, and let me see, Natrona, Kelly Wash, football. So the guy in yellow has the ball, and he's running. Mm-hmm. The guy in black is laying on the ground on his belly with his hand up grabbing the, the runner's leg. And it looks like he's just being dragged by his belly. Now, that's probably not what's happening. But the impression is he's just being dragged by his belly all the way down to the goal line. It's more like of a tug of war. Yeah. You know, there's not really much sway either way there. You know, it's a stalemate. Those are the the photos I save, Frank, so I can put a gallery together. Awesome. All right. Thank you. Coming up on some local business news time after that weather forecast. My interview with Mike Rowe, who's coming to Casper, Wyoming, 806. Hang in there for that. Wake up, Wyoming. Six of time. It's Wake Up Wyoming on October 26. Television personality Mike Rowe will be coming to the state of Wyoming. He'll be in Casper at the Ford Wyoming Center, which you can still get tickets to. So that's October 26 at 7 p.m. is when he's going to be there. Because of that, of course, he's got to make his media round. So I had a chance to talk with him yesterday, get in this interview, which, by the way, the story in the interview will be posted up on the Wake Up Wyoming site if you want to go back to it or share it with a friend. Mike, I've had a chance over the years to talk to a lot of different people that did not make me nervous, like uh, a couple of different presidents, senators, some actors. The only time I was ever nervous during an interview was last year when I was talking to your mom on this program about a new book. You know, that's ironic because yes. I spoke to her a couple hours ago and I yes. found myself completely overwhelmed with anxiety. Yeah, and then I went home immediately and cleaned my room right after that. I actually, <laughs> I asked her afterwards, because we've been trying to get you on this program, Wyoming is about one of the most blue-collar states that you're ever going to find. Sure. So can we maybe, Mom, go ahead and give Mike a call and tell him he needs to come on his program. And her answer was literally, yeah, sure, I'll see what I can do about that. And I don't think she ever... <laughs> well, you know what? There was a time yes. when she was known for her brutal honesty. Yes. But now she's oh. known mainly for just saying whatever she needs and to say to get through the you interview. You reach so. that age, Mike. You reach that age where you don't care anymore. And she was great about that. I think this really, we have been trying to get you on for a while. Because when you take a look at the state of Wyoming... The majority of what we do here is energy, it's ranching, it's welding, it's laying pipe work for cross-country pipelines. Really, it is the blue-collar job, yet even a state like Wyoming these days has a tough time finding people that want to take those jobs. Well, you're in good company. It's a, um, it's a, it's an epidemic 
um, on the verge of becoming something like a pandemic, if it's not too soon to use that turn of phrase, our, um, our national and collective relationship with the kinds of jobs you just described is, um, is weak. And the level of connectivity, in my view, that, that most Americans have, the understanding of where their energy comes from, where their food comes from, and the various set of miracles that need to occur and the people who need to perform them in order for that to happen, that's, um, that's also at a, at a low ebb. So, yeah, um, I do what I can in my TV shows, and you know, my mom and I are like-minded right. on this the extent we're able uh, to remind the masses that you could learn a lot from the people of Wyoming and um, and Oklahoma, where I do a lot of work. And, you know, that was a lesson we learned early on Dirty Jobs and, and one that uh, keeps rearing its head. I think it's part of a problem when I see, first off, at home, because so many people are disconnected with where things come from in their home life, so they don't pass it on to their kids. But then also we get into our public school system today, and I don't see any of that taught in public schools. I think most people have no idea in their young age where things come from, and so they don't look toward those kinds of jobs. I I couldn't agree more. You know, the country talks a lot. And there's a huge conversation that goes on between employers and potential employees in terms of whatever the opportunity might be. And that's well and good and important. But I think what you're saying, and and certainly what I've tried to articulate through my foundation and on whatever opportunities I get, is to talk about that that larger sense of understanding, awareness, and, and ultimately gratitude that should be alive and well with anyone who shares our addiction to smooth roads and affordable energy and indoor plumbing, heating, air conditioning, electricity, and so forth. It's difficult to, um, to foster that kind of gratitude without shaking your finger or delivering a lecture or some kind of sermon, which nobody wants to hear. But we have to try, because if we don't have some collective understanding or gratitude around those vocations, then they're going, I'm afraid, to continue to uh, atrophy. And then we'll learn what the real consequences are of of being disconnected. I did read to my audience on Monday an article which I at least brought a little bit of a smile to my face. There's a lot of jobs out there that have said in their application or whenever they posted something we're looking to hire, that you need a college degree for whatever the type of job it might be, which usually, to me, I would scratch my head wondering, why do I need a college degree for that? Well, a lot of these companies are finding that those degrees have become increasingly more expensive, and oftentimes people show up with degrees and stuff that doesn't relate to any actual job. So these companies, like Walmart to name one, but some other other companies and various other from retail to manufacturing and so on, have decided just to forego the college degree, we will train on site. Do you see more of that out there yourself? Because that's what I read in the article anyway. I do. Um, I haven't seen a company as large as Walmart do it in some time, but I but I do think we're going to see a lot more of it, and I think it's inevitable. You know, I mean, look, if you're a parent, you don't want to screw up your kids. And if you're an employer, you you don't want to hire the wrong person. And so we look to some sort of survival guide, some sort of checklist, you know. And for a long time, college degree has been on there. 
that's become indicative of the kind of person we think we want to hire and of the kind of person we think we're going to get. But of course, causation and correlation are two very different things. And I think a lot of employers have begun to realize that, okay, they got the degree, but what did they really learn? And what is it in their chosen major that actually applies in a meaningful way to the job description at hand? And the more those things stopped syncing up, the less sense it started to make. And now if if you talk to some of the biggest employers in the country, there's, you know, it's not a thing that they that they like to admit or or write about, but if you dig into their HR departments, you'll find just a a huge mismatch of internal skills and the amount of training that has to go on to bring an employee up to speed who you would think would have the basics under control as a result of getting their credentials, it just doesn't line up anymore. I am seeing a bit more of a push, not just here in the state of Wyoming, my home state of Florida, I saw this push going on as well, for homeschools, charter schools, and even private schools where people are getting out of the public school system in part because those schools are teaching not just basic critical skills like how to read math, things like that, classical training, but also getting them into more of the idea of what you have to do to be a successful person in America. And a successful person doesn't necessarily mean rich. It means stable. It means balanced, too, right? It means financial literacy. It means a a true an accurate understanding of the basic history of the country. It matters, you know, for a lot of obvious reasons. Who was it? Santa Ana, right? You, you don't learn from it, you're doomed to repeat it. But I don't know that parents are confident their kids are being taught that. I don't even know, Glenn, to your point, that parents are confident their kids are getting the basics. I mean, it kills me to say this because my mom, uh, was a public school teacher. My dad for many years, my, my nieces, my, my sister-in-law is a principal, you know, in the public school system. But the, um, the results are not encouraging right now. We've got many, 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 many kids who are functionally illiterate upon graduation. Many more, like in Baltimore, where I grew up, I just read a report the city schools, it's like close to a zero competency rate in what you and I would call basic math. So, yeah, I suspect a lot of parents are looking for an improved education in general, but I think many more are are just looking for a place where they can feel like the basics are being taught. And whether that results in a, in a homeschooling scenario or some kind of hybrid K-12 uh, apprenticeship program sort of thing, they're we're seeing all sorts of new options come up. Um, the question, of course, is will they be opposed? And if so, how, uh, how vociferously, right? I mean, there's an amazing amount of pushback against charter schools. And I, I understand the argument, but in the same way, Walmart has come to the conclusion that they're not going to make that a box you have to check. I suspect we'll see more similar changes in, um, in secondary education, too. Yeah, when your kid's 23 years old and he's still living rent free at home, there might have been a problem somewhere. Okay. Could have been, you know, yeah. unless he or she is a skilled tradesman living down there in the basement taking care of your drywall and oh, all of yeah. your plumbing and all your electric, but studies show 
probably not. That ain't the case. So let's talk about what you're doing in Wyoming then, because, of course, I've been watching you on TV for years, and I've read your material, your books, and so on. But I'm trying to picture what a stage show looks like. So is there a banjo (laughs) and an arrow through the head? How are we doing this here? You know, I looked into the banjo and the arrow thing and got a cease and desist from Steve Martin's people, so no, not going to do that. Um, Basically, what I do is I walk out, and I I try and understand who the audience is, um, and I've got 350 unforgettable stories from Dirty Jobs, and I try and pick one that I think is germane, and I tell it as entertainingly as I can, and then I try and explain why that particular filthy crucible led to the formation of a foundation called MicroWorks. And why I go to Congress every so often to beat my shoe on the table and and talk about the importance of reinvigorating the skilled trades and about our scholarship program, which has so far uh, sent out about eight million bucks in work ethic scholarships. I'm proud of that. But, you know, it's not a uh, it's not a TED talk. It's not a lecture. It's not a sermon. It's just uh, hopefully a humorous telling of my own crooked path and uh in this case why it brought me to casper and 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 honestly you know i'm asking more and more what what can the country learn from the people of wyoming uh what what can we learn from the trade school uh that we'll be talking about i think the answer is probably quite a bit let's talk a little bit real quick about micro works the whole foundation and how do people get involved from either end i mean either just to uh, donate some time money whatever it might be or if there's somebody who possibly could benefit in their future through micro works twice a year uh sometimes once but hopefully twice we do a work ethic scholarship program we give away a million bucks in uh in funds for people who want to affirmatively learn a skill that doesn't require a four-year degree. I'm not opposed to four-year degrees. Honestly, I've got one. It served me well, but I do believe they're egregiously overpriced in general. $1.7 trillion in student loans would seem to bear that out. And uh, the 11 million open positions in the country that don't require a four-year degree are the opportunities we focus on. So we offer these scholarships to help train the next generation of skilled workers. And we started doing it in, I guess, 2008 on Labor Day when I launched the foundation, which evolved really organically, Glenn, out of Dirty Jobs, which was at the time, I guess it was like the biggest show on cable. We were in a couple hundred countries and I wanted to do something to help give back to those basic industries. And that that modest PR effort uh, got completely out of hand and now we're a scholarship fund and a trade resource center. And this uh, this foundation has become the the sun in my weird little solar system. So I tend to it every day, and I've been really encouraged and uh, delighted to the degree that we can at least have conversations about the definition of a good job and get kids and parents and guidance counselors to think a little bit differently about the opportunities that are actually available and the prosperity or something that looks an awful lot like it that can be enjoyed from mastering a skill that's in demand and going to work. Mike Rowe, Thursday, October 26th at the Ford Wyoming Center, which is in Casper, Wyoming. Contact them for tickets, 7 p.m. Can't miss me, Mike. I am a big shot in this area, so I'll be in row 18. 
Well, I'll look for yes, you, Glenn, and you. I'll give uh, I'll give my mother your regards. <laughs> Maybe I'll bring her along if you guys can have a nice catch up. She was so much fun to talk to. Honestly, I, I really enjoyed that conversation. All right, Mike. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on this morning. Appreciate it. Thanks, pal. I appreciate it. Live and local, all across Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join in at 888-97-WOODS or the Wake Up Wyoming mobile app. 825 is the time. It's Wake Up, Wyoming. So some of the comments I'm getting from the Mike Rowe interview that you just heard, which will pop up on the Wake Up, Wyoming site. You'll be able to hear it there. Miss Mary will work that out, but also... Wake Up Wyoming is a podcast. After I get done with the show live, it becomes a podcast. So you'll be able to go back and do that as well. So Blue Eyes and Douglas, Mike needs to go to schools and speak and get these kids excited about uh, getting trained and skilled. He has done that. I would. I know some schools have played Dirty Jobs a few episodes. I think that should be required viewing in schools for young people. I mean, honestly, I do. This is Glenn, who's on the phone. Nope, oh, nobody. Okay. I, I don't know if that came through you, Miss Mary, or not, but there was somebody there on the phone and then they went away. Uh, Lori in Laramie, loving this micro interview. There are WyoTech students in Laramie that have received scholarships from his foundation. Did not know that, but it makes sense. When you think about it, WyoTech is exactly the kind of person, uh, well, the kind of school that a micro scholarship winner would go to. That's exactly where they would go perfect for them, which is the whole idea of uh, the foundation that he set up, which he said just sort of developed organically is what he said during the interview there. Now, our guest was not there, Miss Mary. I went ahead to call that up and there was just nobody there. But okay. Triple eight ninety seven woods is the phone number. We'll get to open phones probably in the next segment or so, unless I get other instructions from Miss Mary here. I'll just kind of roll with it. I do think, and I, I mean this honestly, really, I would like to see Mike Rowe in um, in schools as at least some of his episodes played for young people, whatever age that might be. You can think about what age that would be. Maybe middle school age, late middle school. I don't know freshman in high school, whatever the case is, play some episodes of Dirty Jobs for those school kids and have them discuss Dirty Jobs. Also, he did a sideshow called How America Works. And he shows, it, he doesn't participate like he does with Dirty Jobs. Instead, he just narrates it. But still, he shows the toughest of the toughest jobs out there to give everybody an idea of where things come from. But, well, that's where I think the disconnect is, That as I was talking to Mike about. I'm thinking about it now while I'm talking to you about it. I think a big part of our problem is there is an extreme disconnect in America with where things come from. We're just used to it being there. Whatever it is, we're just used to it being there. We get to the grocery store and everything is just there. So we don't know all of the work that's involved in getting that stuff to us. You turn on a water faucet and the water's just there. And I've actually watched videos from people who wanted to know why they had to pay for water. Because it's just water, right? They honestly didn't know the process of getting water to their house to come out of their faucets. It's just water, right? It's just there. They want to shut down coal, gas, and oil. 
because they have no idea where electricity comes from. Not understanding that if we went all wind and solar in order to create those things, you're going to need coal and petroleum products. But they want to keep coal and petroleum products in the ground. Well, you're not going to have your wind and solar if you keep that stuff in the ground. They don't know where things come from. There's a massive disconnect, massive disconnect in this country. That's part of what we have to solve, which is why I would love to have micro-episodes played in school as required learning, have discussion groups about it. I think a lot of the teachers have no idea where things come from. Coming up on 8.30, local news update on your weather forecast. After that, wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods. More stimulating than that first cup of coffee. This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. Eight thirty-six. The time. It's wake up, Wyoming. Okay, let's get into the open phone thing, which is, yeah, the most dangerous time of this program every single day. Push back a little bit because of micro, but okay, let's do this. Warning. Wake Up Wyoming is about to enter daily open phones. This means that anyone will be allowed to call in and talk about anything. I mean, imagine if we actually allowed you on air to say anything you wanted. Scary, right? Well, we're just that brand of crazy. If you are offended by what other people think, then maybe you want to tune out right about now. Just saying. If you should choose to call, just remember, the more funny and interesting you are, the longer Glenn will keep you on the line. Obnoxious jerks will be hung up on. <coughs> Dave, <coughs> all right, strap in and let's do this thing. Triple eight ninety seven Woods, the phone number 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. So I'm still getting comments over the Mike Rowe interview couple of them, Heidi John from Granite Canyon. Of course, teachers don't know they went to liberal teachers college. Well, here's what John is talking about, which I thought of many times myself. How is it that so many young people graduate from high school not knowing the basics about how an economy works? I mean, just really the basics of a free market economy. Well, the answer in part is because their teachers don't know the basics of a free market economy. And when it comes to teaching young people various skills that they're going to need in the real world, or for that matter, to value a good, decent skill job. And a skilled job could be electrician to barber, for that matter, but mechanic is another one. There's so many good skilled welder. You know, there's so many great skill jobs out there. Somebody needs to make the roads. Somebody needs to work on our bridges. Somebody needs to make tires for our automobiles. I mentioned water a little while ago. People today just turn on water and it's just there. It's in your house. It's just there. Where does it come from? Somebody needs to know how to do that. And where do they learn this from? Well, in many cases, our own teachers don't know this. The number of people that I've come across who will look straight, look me straight in the eye. You know, well, you know, this is a democracy after all. It's a republic. What do they teach you in school? Well, majority rules. That's not how we do it here. It, we're not a straight majority rules country. We're a republic for a reason. Why don't they know that? Because their teachers didn't teach them that. Why didn't the teachers teach them that? Because the teachers don't know that. 
Then you get to many college professors and man, are some of those people messed up. So this is what we're dealing with when it comes to getting a decent education. Our educational system is a mess. That's a big part of it. But also, let's go back to parents at home. Parents need to be mentors of their children, mentoring the kids toward a successful life. But in many cases, even parents don't know. They grew up disconnected as well. So we probably have at least, at least, two generations of disconnect. You can go back further if you want to debate how long, how far back that goes. But we'll say, we'll start with at least two generations of disconnect. As to how things work, where things come from, then you wonder why aren't people going for these jobs? Now, of course, I'm making blanket statements. I meet all the time young people that I'm very impressed with. We have a rodeo in town, and I meet all of the young people engaged, involved in one way or another in the rodeo. Hardworking, sharp-minded people. Had it on several occasions an opportunity in Cheyenne to meet with some members of our Wyoming National Guard, and they're young people who are switched on and completely understand why they are doing what they're doing. And there's other professions I can name, places that I've gone where I've met young people, whatever the profession might be. They're switched on, hardworking. So it's not like they don't exist entirely. It's just I meet so many who have no clue. It bothers me a lot. I mean, it really bothers me a lot. The number of people out there who are... Uh, completely disconnected. And it's easy to say, well, they're just stupid. I don't think in many cases they are just stupid. I think they were just never shown whether they have uh, high intelligence or not. If they're shown, it would make a huge difference. Hey, Jude. Hey, I was just going to tell you, I have a little bit Okay, I tell you what, I'm, it's not that I don't want to hear what you have to say, Judy, but I can barely understand you. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, it's so bad in the background there, I really can't understand what you're saying right now. But if you want to go ahead and give it another try, you did send me, Judy did send me a little while ago, you guys can call Cindy Barlow of Wyotech, which might be worth it and talk to some people at Wyotech. But I do think when it comes, I was actually, I, I've added this, believe it or not, I keep these little notes around me. Because I write the occasional book of fiction and nonfiction and so on. And I have a little notepad, if you will, of just ideas for books. Whether I will ever write them or not, I don't know. But just some ideas. And one of them I just came up with this morning based on my interview with Mike Rowe. Uh, a, dis- a discussion about the great, great disconnect. Because we have a book out there now. That has a similar title to it, but it's called The Great Reset. This one would be called The Great Disconnect. And it would talk about, in part, what I was talking about Mike Rowan. It's just the idea that we have become so disconnected from where things come from that most people have no idea. And so when it comes to wanting to get into a profession, like let's say Lyman for Electricity... Or maybe they want to work for a cell phone company. 
Maybe they want to be a farmer or a rancher or something for that. Get into a meatpacking company to help produce food. You know, speaking of which, University of Wyoming, a few years ago, I thought this was hysterical, so I went and had them on the air. In fact, the uh, I forget it was the coach, might have been one of the coaches that I had on. University of Wyoming has a, uh, I don't want to call it a club, but they got into a contest and they won. It was like a sporting event. And it was for meat packers. Yeah, it, I didn't know that they had this, but they teach how to get into the meat packing industry. And it, this was like a meat inspector's contest, which the University of Wyoming won like it was some sporting event. So I got the, and I can't remember if it was the captain of the team or the coach, one of those on the show, and told them that they frankly needed cheerleaders like a regular sporting event. We need to have bleachers up there, stuff like that. But I did learn a lot about University of Wyoming and how we, we do need people in the meatpacking industry. We do need inspectors. Where does that come from? There's all sorts of professions out there that you and I have never thought about and many people would be interested in if they knew about it. But again, are these things even taught in our schools anymore? Because there's such a disconnect with the American people about where things come from. DJ and Mill, dear Wildfree and Mills, students are being taught free market is oppressive, that a socialist economy is superior. That's one reason why. And that's true because that's what their teachers read and learn when they go to school. That's what their teachers believe. Yet teachers today in school, many of them, don't even know what capitalism is. And so they teach it as if it's a bad thing. They teach profit as if profit was a bad thing. Making a profit is evil, profiting from others. So, yeah, they tend to teach socialism to our kids rather than capitalism because they don't even know what it is. A lot of that is what we find in public schools today. A complete misunderstanding of how things work, what America is, and how America came to be the powerhouse that it is today. And how quickly we could lose it. 845, wake up my own. If it matters, it matters to wake up Wyoming with Glenn Woods. Call Glenn at 888-97-WOODS and make your voice heard. AM 1030, K2 Radio. 849's the time. It's wake up Wyoming off to the... Uh, you know, actually, we were going to do something different, Frank. Yeah, off to the crip we go. Uh-huh. Frank Campino. Yeah, we talked about this. Frank's evil laugh. Uh, Frank, there, there's donuts downstairs. Oh, I, I, I found yeah. those. Yeah, okay. Now, I mean, it, it's amazing how it goes on my radar immediately. Yeah, yeah. You sensed it before yes. they even opened up the box. Yes. Okay, now, here's the deal with me. First off, I don't have much of a sweet tooth, and the older I get, the less of a sweet tooth. I like bold flavors, right? Yeah. So even though those donuts look really interesting, and I love the way some of them are decorated up for Halloween, too sweet, and then they put all of this heavy icing and sugar on top, and I just can't. What? I can't. What you can have American them, are you? You can have I would actually get, when I've tried eating one of those just a little bit, my head starts buzzing. That's the point of it. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. All right. But anyway, Especially no. Especially that, that filling in the middle. I mean, that, that, yeah. that oh, it's yeah. a three-layer sugar oh, buzz. Yeah, you telling me, boy. And I, again, I just can't. 
do that level of sweetness. And maybe I'm wrong, Frank, but you tell me, since we were kids, have donuts gotten outrageously sweeter? Much. Yeah, okay. I, I, oh, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't remember, I mean, the sweetest I ever tasted when I was a kid was a glazed donut. Because even the jelly donuts were not as sweet as what they're doing downstairs right now. No, no, no. And that's a good point. Because jelly, you never really, it wasn't, just wasn't sweet. I mean, it was just right. plain. Yeah. Yeah. No. So, no. Wow. Like, <laughs> oh, oh my God. Yeah. So no, I take a look at donuts and like you say, El Paso. Yeah. <laughs> I'll look at them and just go. I mean, I seriously, it looks really interesting and good, but I just can't handle that. Well, you know how I make my coffee in the morning. Strong. That's the flavor I like. Frank. There you go. All right, college volleyball, the Wyoming Cowgirls head home tonight in Laramie to host Nevada at 6.30. The Cowgirls are 3-5 and five in Mountain West play, 14-5 and five overall. Nevada comes in at 6-13 and 13 overall. After the, and then coming up on Saturday, the Cowgirls will be at Fresno State. High school volleyball from last night, Cheyenne Central beat Cheyenne South three sets to none. Today, or tonight, Laramie will be at Cheyenne Central, Thunder Basin at Latrona, and Cheyenne South will be at Cheyenne East. Our latest Wyo Preps uh, high school volleyball poll is out. Laramie is the number one rated team in 4A. Cody 2, Thunder Basin 3, Kelly Walsh 4, Star Valley 5. Mountain View is the number one rated team in 3A, followed by Buffalo, Powell, Douglas, and Lyman. Bighorn rated number one in 2A. Grable 2, Wright 3, Tongue River 4, and Burns 5. And Little Snake River is the number one rated team in 1A, followed by Upton, Cokeville, Southeast, and Riverside. In the Major League Baseball playoffs, Houston beat Texas yesterday 8-5, to so the Rangers now lead that series two games to one, and the road team is won all three games of that series. Game four will be this afternoon, or, or tonight. Philadelphia and Arizona will play game three of the National League Championship Series today, and Philadelphia is leading the Diamondbacks two games to none. Our WildPreps.com Athletes of the Week have been announced. A Buffalo cross-country runner, Maya Hall, is one of them. She uh, was the 3A East champion in cross-country. And the other girls' winner was Tavia Arnell from Green River. She won four events at the Gillette Swim Meet. The boys' winner was Loudon Bremer from Lingleford Laramie, the quarterback of that football team of rushed for 124 yards and two touchdowns as they beat Pine Bluffs. The voting for the next Wyo Preps Athletes of the Week will start on Friday at 6 p.m. and go through Monday at 9 a.m. And the State Cross Country Meet will be held on Saturday at the Cheyenne Country Club. At 10.30, the 3A boys will start things off and then the 2A boys at 11, the 4A boys at 11.30, 3A girls at noon, 2A girls at 12.30, and the 4A girls race will be last, and that will start at 1 p.m. That's it in sports. Yeah, I would say, Heidi, John and Granny Canyon agrees with me. Yeah, donuts today are much sweeter, and wow, you know, what a sugar rush we're feeling there. I just, yeah, I just can't handle that head-swimming sugar rush that they that they offer with this. I live of, for that, Glenn. You I, I live okay. for that. So, you, okay. But how are you so thin, Frank? Well, you I, just I got don't that know. metabolism in well, well, I only eat one donut. Okay, there's the difference there. Okay. Because the temptation is for to those two donuts. Yeah, and then once you get two going, your body goes more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it's like having some illegal drug down there, yeah. frankly, you know. Everything in moderation. Yes, that's everything. True. Now, that's one reason I was told anyway that many people around the world stay thin. How they stay thin is because if they see something like that that's really good, they'll take a small sample and go, "That was great." And mm-hmm. then they stop. Yeah. Instead of feeding their faces with it, which is tempting. Self-control is important. And see, uh, three white, uh, sugar, white flowers, salt, 
Yeah. Okay. He's a. Re- this is Mason and Casper, recent heart attack survivor. He's patting me on the back. <laughs> oh, right. donuts don't give you a heart attack. Yeah. Come well, on. it depends on how. M- Did you eat the whole box? You no. probably. Okay. If you just had one, you're good, Frank. All right. All right. Let's wake up one. Six of the time, but it's Wake Up Wyoming. Good segment of open phones here. I do have a quick guest at 820 about a local event coming. Other than that, it's you and me. 888-97-WOODS. That's 888-97-WOODS. And I hope to see you a thankful Thursday in Cheyenne, Wyoming tonight. My sister bought me a really loud, obnoxious Halloween shirt, which I'm wearing right now. I'll be wearing a thankful Thursday in Cheyenne tonight, it might actually rival any of the suits that Alf wears, for those people who know the suits. And what gets me is I have no problem wearing this shirt. I wear it proudly. It's obnoxious. It's loud. It's Halloween. Yet I will not put on one of those obnoxious, loud Christmas sweaters. I don't know what's wrong with me, but okay, there you go. Uh, Tim from Tampa. Oh, my God, one of your commercials, the person says your guises. Okay, so... Let me get you up to speed on that one real quick here. See, when I was, I grew up on the East Coast. I grew up in Florida, and family's got a cabin in the North Carolina mountains. I've heard a lot of Southern. Before I moved to Wyoming, I was, and this is like just before, like the day of. I'm I'm getting ready to get my car and leave and go to Wyoming. I was in the Carolina mountains. And I pulled into a convenience store, uh, uh, sorry, a fast food joint. I think it was a Burger King. And while I was waiting to pick up my order, which I was going to eat while on the road, the girl behind the counter held up a bag of somebody else's to-go order and said, y'all's order is ready. And I'm thinking, I've been here now all my life. That just drives me nuts. Y'all's order is ready. A couple of days later, I'm in Wyoming. Same situation, fast food joint. I'm waiting for my order. Somebody has it to go. Young lady holds up the bag and says, your guys' order is ready. Oh, my God. I went from y'all's to your guys's. If you're wondering what's wrong with that, your, just your, your order is ready. Your, that's it. Not your guys's, not y'all's. Your order is ready. But, okay, that's, you know, that depends on what part of the country you're living in as to what you're going to hear. Miss Mary has posted the Mike Rowe interview. It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. If you missed it live on the air, she'll also alert it out for those who have the Wake Up Wyoming app. So it's the it, a bit of an article about micro, and at the bottom you'll see a couple of links. She had to split the interview into two parts, but it's about fifteen minutes total in time, so it's not that much. So you can click on part one, listen to it, click on part two. She just separated the interview because the the file wouldn't allow one full for whatever reason. 
But that's the interview with Mike Rowe that I played twice this morning, but I know a lot of you missed it. And would like to hear it? It's on the Wake Up Wyoming site. Yes, I'm doing a little bit of a house cleaning right now. Let's see. Um, Grandpa Rich is in Cody, Wyoming, shopping right now. So Grandpa Rich is listening to the show in Cody, Wyoming. He's doing that off the Wake Up Wyoming app. Because that corner of Wyoming is one place where there is not a radio station carrying this show. We've got to fix that. But right now, not a radio station up there carrying this show. So, okay. See what we can do to fix that at some point. Meantime, people up there can listen on the Wake Up Wyoming app. I know he is. So there's one guy in Cody listening anyway. Let's see. Pritz and Casper, sugar is more addictive than hard drugs. True. That's in response to my conversation with Frank about the donuts downstairs. Okay, so RH in Wiggins, Colorado. Capitalism. Keep government out of your way. Creates opportunity and freedom. Okay, this gets into what I was talking about when a lot of young people graduate high school, get into college, go through college. They have no idea, and I mean this literally, they have no idea what money is and they don't know what capitalism is. And you wonder, well, how do they get all the way through school without knowing that? Because their teachers don't know is why. So that's why I'm in this conversation here with a friend down there in Colorado and to what he said originally. See, I was thinking the same thing. I didn't get all the way into it. Here's what he said originally. Capitalism works because it organically uses the best of human nature. Incentives, consequences, allows any person to better themselves without limitations if they so choose. Now, the reason some people hate capitalism Look, with anything, there are those people who will take advantage of it and take a very good thing and try to corrupt it. So, yes, there are bad people, con artists, essentially, who get involved with the capitalist system and they play on and prey on suckers. So that's why some people say, well, capitalism is bad for Hang on. What's even worse is something government-run because the people in government are not to be trusted. They're not on your side. They don't know you. They don't care about you. They're in it for themselves. Here's how I like to think of it. In a government-run system like socialism, for example, The idea is everybody's going to get an equal slice of the pie. Everybody in the country is going to work on making one pie. That pie represents the economy. And then the pie will be evenly sliced up and everybody's going to get their fair share of that pie. Well, the problem is, first off, there's people who realize that they don't have to work and they're still going to get a slice of pie. So they don't work. And there's a lot of those people. And now we're relying on those people who are actually motivated to work to supply pie for everybody else. When the pie is sliced up, those in government and their cronies will take bigger pieces and then lie to us and say, I'm taking as much as everybody else, my fair share. They're lying. The pie is never big enough to feed anyone in the first place. That's typical socialism for you. Every time. That's why in socialist countries, people are starving. That's why there's only one fat man in North Korea. So many people starve in China. So many people starved in the Soviet Union, etc., etc. So many people starve in Venezuela. In capitalist countries, 
the problem is the opposite, obesity. And the answer to that is you're in charge of making your own pie. How much do you want? How much of a success do you want to be? Well, you got talent. Everybody has some talent somewhere. Now you need the drive and you need to know something about business. You can learn that. Then you have to have the drive to be successful. And you can get out there and make your own pie. So if you're someone who has a very small, humble life, well, that was your choice. For those people who have made a lot of money, that was their choice. Understand being that successful is going to take a lot of work. So it depends on how much you want to put into it. If you're not successful, don't look to other people. That's on you. You can be as successful as you want to be in this country, but you got to put out the work. No excuses. Get out there. Get it done. Just get it done. Obstacles, whatever. Blow through them. Keep going. Okay? Most people that are successful see obstacles as opportunities, not obstacles. That's where capitalism blesses us all with superior products. Because, because of competition, we are constantly getting better, much better products than any other country. We get better products, more innovative products at better quality, at lower prices, with great customer service. Because everybody's trying to get our business, so they have to compete for it. When it's a government system, they don't care whether you like the product or not. But this is not what's taught in school, because even your school teachers don't even know what capitalism is, or the basic principles of it, or why it works. Capitalism is the natural state of human nature. It's not something that was created artificially. That's socialism. 9.15, wake up my own. Glenn Woods, he talks to you, not at you. Be part of the show at 888-97-WOODS. This is Wake Up Wyoming on K2 Radio. Nine twenty one is the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. My name is Glenn Woods. Thanks for joining me. So, I am a big proponent of trying all sorts of new cultural things just to see what's going on in the world besides what we're normally exposed to day after day because we get into our echo chambers you know but there's all sorts of interesting new experiences out there and sometimes i look and i say that is the coolest thing ever and other times i don't like it it's all personal preference on that note cedric hicks is with me of soul street dance good morning cedric Good morning. Great morning and happy Thursday to you. Yeah, you too. So we're talking about different kinds of music that you're going to offer here at Kelly Walsh High School Auditorium. And I was reading through what you're offering up, and I am just not going to be able to describe it because I haven't heard this yet. What would people experience if they go see this? So most definitely you guys will experience a lot of fun. When I say a lot of fun, like fun unimaginable because this is a family show. So our show consists of different dance styles, dancing to different styles of music from different decades. So our show is called Breaking Backwards, and guess what? We're dancing to different decades, leading all the way from the 20s, leading up into the 80s. So we're picking the best genre of music within that genre, and we're creating our own spice to it. So our show does consist of a lot of dancing, great music, a lot of acting, and most definitely a lot of comedy. And I noticed that in all of what you offer music-wise, you included jazz in there. Yes, yes. Um, being that we are artists, 
we love all types of music. So, therefore, we have to go digging every city that we go to. We make sure we go to a record store because we want to come across all the best music to showcase it to the world, to let them know this amazing music is out there. You don't have to stick to just one style or one genre of music. Okay. And so we're also talking about different kinds of musical instruments. And that would be from horns to strings to electronic music. Exactly. Um, so we do have a lot of electronic music. So just so you guys can know, we do travel with our own personal DJ. And when I say this guy is amazing, he's beyond amazing. And electronics is something that he loves to dwell upon. Okay. So where did this whole idea come from to put all of this together and go on tour with it? Um, so to break it down, so basically we are all individuals who are very comical and very musically inclined. So usually when we travel on the road, you never know what we're listening to in the car. It can be anything from pop to country to soul to jazz to rock to roll. You never know. But we do it so much that we decided to come up with an idea of creating something to showcase to the world that you can dance to all types of music, even if you have one identical style, you can make that fit to any style of music. So we decided to test it out, and before you know it, it became a big thing, something that we love, being that it is a project that we personally put our all into, it became a great thing. So that's how the idea came about. Okay, good family-friendly entertainment as well. This is going to be Tuesday the 24th. At 7.30 p.m., Kelly Walsh High School, which is in the Casper Auditorium. Where do they get tickets for this thing? How do they attend? Um, so you should reach a box office. So most definitely the concert is on the 24th, and it's at the Highland Park Church. But the other two shows are outreach shows, which are dedicated to the students. So through the student body, or you can reach out to Carolyn Doyle. She can help you guys with more information to get tickets. Okay. So go ahead and reach out. Uh, Karen Doyle, you said? Yes, sir. Okay. That's one place. And make sure that you go ahead and look this up online. Now, again, this is Soul Street Dance. Is there a website or social media people can look you up on? Yes, sir, please. So our website is www.soulstreetdance.com. And on all media um, platforms, it is at official Soul Street. Okay, I just found your website here, looking at it now. All right, thanks for coming to Wyoming and showing us all of this. This sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Trust me, it's going to be a lot of fun. Bring all your friends, your family, your cats, your dogs. Let's make it a family affair, so we're looking forward to it. All right, soulstreetdance.com. Go look for more information there. Triple eight ninety seven woods the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Yeah, I'm looking at this. Actually, it looks like uh, a lot of fun, but you can see just covers all sorts of different genres there so if you're into that kind of performance and education i'm glad they're doing it to, uh, to the schools as well i mean i i, no, I mean honestly seriously i think i think it ought to be a lot of fun for kids in the school to watch something like this because there's going to be so many different kind of genres now personally i like to do that i like to not just listen to different musics i used to have i'd like to get another one but well there's not much on it anymore Back before the internet was a big thing, I had a shortwave radio receiver. And I used to sit up at night and just tune around and listen to shortwave radio from all over the world. And I didn't care if I could hear clearly or not, or if I could even understand the language or not. It didn't matter to me. I was just listening from all over the world. A lot of times things were broadcast in English, so I would hear a point of view from... 
you know, like Radio Philippines, Radio Havana, you know, things like that. Just to tune around to listen to what people are talking about, listen to the music and so on. That's what I would do if I was up in the middle of the night and I couldn't sleep. Now, when the Internet came along, that makes it a whole lot easier. I think part of the problem is we get into an echo chamber, not just in politics and social issues, but we get into an echo chamber when it comes to just what happens around the world, what's going on around the world. When I come to work in the morning, a lot of times my drive isn't all that long, but I'll switch over to public radio because they're carrying the BBC News. And I actually get to hear headlines from around the globe. And I'm thinking I had no idea that was going on. Because when I listen on just regular radio or television today or look at our own news, it just tends to cover what's inside the Beltway stuff. And it doesn't get into the rest of the world. That's why that gentleman we just had on, I thought, that's kind of interesting. I never heard that before. I have no idea what he's talking about. I want to go see it. I might love it. I might hate it. But at least I'm going to get outside of what I'm used to seeing every single day to find out what the hell else is out there. Which I personally, I think it's important to do that. But okay. Well, I like living and growing. You know, I mean, and same thing for the kind of materials that I read or the kind of movies that I watch. And I got to tell you, yes, there's a lot of times I'm watching or listening to something new and going, I really don't like this. I think this is horrible. But okay, at least I went ahead and gave it a try. Same thing goes with food, too. Try something and go, that's disgusting. I hate that. Well, a lot of other people do like it anyway. So I'm just talking about broadening your horizons anyway. Coming up on some local news, right after local news update on your weather forecast, and you and I get back into it again. I am going to do a little bit of topic hopping in the next segment, but you can interrupt me if you want. 888-97 was the phone number. That's 888-97-W-O-O-D-S. Let's wake up, Wyoming. Demented, opinionated, but never boring. Wake up, Wyoming, with Glenn Woods on K2 Radio. Join the show at 888-97-WOODS. Nine thirty-six. the time. All right, 888-97-WOODS, the phone number 888-97-WOODS. Back here in the state of Wyoming. Feds buy $2 million parcel of land. To save a Wyoming toad hmm, from wildfire, federal officials hope a $2 million parcel of land outside of Laramie will establish the one and only population for Wyoming toad in the world. Didn't know there was a thing, but okay. A lot of you people will know a lot more about toads than I do. You know the difference between a toad and a frog, by the way? But all right. The 1,078 acres of land now that the government has acquired last month, part of the New Wyoming Toad Conservation Area, 43,200-acre complex, 569th unit of the National Wildlife Refuge System. Last week, they did all that. Public land, 
story says, existing federal refuge and conservation easements on private property make up the balance of the new unit. Scientists will manage reserve principally for a species that crawls on its way among grasses and wetlands and so on in the Laramie Basin. Experts, I'm always worried when I read that word, Consider the lumpy watered two inch long Wyoming toad, which has a distinct ridge on its head and wears a perpetual wide mouth scowl. Well, it's just because he's in a lousy mood, but all right. To be one of, if not the most endangered amphibian in North America. Scientists at nine captive breeding facilities across the country include Saratoga National Fish Hatchery. And they keep the species alive and produce offspring and release all of them into the wild. So they've been busy trying to save this sucker. Quote, we went from having thousands of them in the 70s to they nearly disappeared. Humans spread the South Asia. It was, oh God, how am I supposed to pronounce this? There's no way. There's several words here. Each word has like over a dozen letters. Anyway, this South Asian thingy, which causes a fungus that got into the toad, basically, is what they're trying to say. In addition to the fungus and habitat destruction from developments and et cetera, et cetera, the toad was in big trouble. So, genetically, the Wyoming toad is one of a kind, they're saying. We might discover something unique about it. There's indication Wyoming toad can fend off the fungus to some degree, but... That fungus has affected a lot of other species, too. So they spent a t- just a ton of money here to get the toad up and going again. Understanding the toad's potential resilience could contribute to the conservation of other toads, frogs, salamanders, things like that. Uh, so the re- they, and then they go into the story here, the recovery plan for these suckers. And they show some pictures of the thing where they have it in isolation right now over in Saratoga. The ones that are supposed to be there eating and breeding to make more toads. And then they go ahead and release them all into the wild. Captive breeding takes place across the country, including Saratoga National Fish Hatchery, operated by the Fish and Wildlife Service. And there's about uh, 500 captive toads, according to the people who are working there. Captive breeding produces about 824 adults, 25,211 tadpoles, and 260 Toadlets. I didn't know they called them toadlets. Okay. So 260 toadlets are released, well, were released this year at appropriate sites in the basin. They're hoping to get it all back up and running again. Then they get into the biology, which I'm not going to read to. I just, if you want to see the story, Wildfile has it all. But they go into all the details of the toad, and they have maps of where they're going to release. Boy, they've spent a lot of time and money and energy thinking all of this out to get the toad back out there again. Now, I wonder, I'm reading all of this saying, okay, uh, they're trying to preserve something that was going extinct. Got it. Just have a question for you. I let you think about the answer. Maybe we can pick it up as a topic tomorrow. Is it necessarily our responsibility to save everything? And should we even try? When we see that something's going extinct, of course, our natural inclination is to try to save it so that species doesn't go extinct. And part of me understands it completely. 
There's another part of me, though, that thinks that, yeah, but if natural selection is going to take that one out of the loop and make it extinct, then maybe we should just let that be because that's what was meant to be. There's a lot of discussion around that. Sometimes we see something going extinct and maybe we should just let it because that's the natural order of things and do we mess with the natural order of things or do we try to save it anyway? I don't know the answer to that. Think about that for a bit. I don't know. I do think that maybe there are cases. How do you know when it is and when it's not the time to just let something go? Now, if something is straight out our fault, like we were hunting whales to death, we were hunting bison to death, that was just straight up our fault. So let's go ahead and bring them back. Okay. But what if they seem to be disappearing out of a natural process that has nothing to do with us? They were just, whatever the species is, they were just being taken out of nature, then maybe the thing to do is say, well, that is nature taking its course, so just let nature do what it does. And if this species dies off, then, well, so has most every other species that's ever existed on planet Earth. Just a thought. 942 coming up on 943. Wake up, Wyoming. Wake up, Wyoming. Start your day with Glenn Woods. Did you just hit the snooze? Really? This is AM 1030 K2 Radio. 9.48's the time. It's Wake Up Wyoming. Off to the icebox we go. Frank Gambino waiting by. Uh, Frank, some people, and I actually admire this, don't put bumper stickers on their cars. They put uh, really lots of words, you know, uh, like on their back window. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Does that stuff come off when you mm. change your mind? You, oh, no, you can't. You can easily pull that stuff off. It, yeah. it Just grab like a little razor or whatever and just go scrape through. It comes off easy. All right. Yeah, so man. this is yeah. like the sick people mm. and the yeah. dead and the mom. Yeah. And the well, yeah, okay, that, sure. The but then there's this guy. And I wonder how many police officers has this guy caused to crack up his reads and this is on the back window of an suv so the back window is smoked you know glass and then then he put white letters on top there is no reason to tailgate me when i'm doing 50 and a 35 and by the way those flashing lights on top of your car look ridiculous he had that yes (laughs) (laughs) Okay, then. Uh, how many police officers have pulled up behind him at a traffic light and read that? <laughs> and they're probably laughing and go, and what yes. was he going yeah, yeah, how was he going? Now, on that note, when I drive, I don't really speed. Do you? I, I, yeah, okay, well, okay, now we know Frank's answer. Okay. I really don't. I'm, I'm not going all that fast. Cops are not going to bother with me. Okay. So, but still, though, Frank, when you're doing absolutely nothing wrong, and there's a cop in the area. Do you get, you that? get nervous, mm, of you course. Like, really? What are they getting me for? What, you know? Why do we do that, Frank? Well, maybe because we've been brainwashed to think that we never do anything right. Oh, okay. Because just yesterday, I'm sitting at a stoplight, and to my left on the other corner, at the waiting on the same light to change, mm-hmm. is a cop car. Okay. Now, the cop isn't looking anywhere near me. He's looking straight ahead. So he's not watching me. I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm waiting for the light to change. Mm-hmm. Still, there's that feeling of anxiety there. Where does that come from? I'd like to know. I, I, I don't know. You, yeah. You're being watched. I didn't do anything. I've never had my... Now, 
I'm speaking for myself, Frank. I've never had a bad experience with a cop. They've always been very nice to me. Okay, good. You know. Okay, so that means I must be doing something. Right? Are, are, you, are, are you worried? And yet, so right now, I mean, you, you've probably had this. You've had to interview police officers, right? Well, no, but I, okay. I, I've had to talk to them. In my profession, I've had, and here I am sitting in my studio, and a couple of police officers walk into the studio. Now, they're here to be interviewed, but I'm waiting for the handcuffs to come out like I did something. Yeah. Why? Because they're law enforcement people? I, I guess. And we're all just conditioned to think, okay, what did I do? Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what did I do that I didn't know that I did? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. I, I'm sure there's something that I'm guilty of. Oh, uh, absolutely. Our WildPreps.com Athletes of the Week have been announced. For the girls, there are two winners, Maya Hall from uh, Buffalo and Tavia Arnell from Green River. Hall is a cross-country runner for the Buffalo team and was the 3A East Regional Champion. Arnell won four events at the Gillette Swim Meet. The boys' wildpreps.com athlete of the week is Loudon Bremer from Lingle Fort Laramie. As their quarterback, he rushed for 124 yards and two touchdowns as they defeated Pine Bluffs. The voting will begin tomorrow night for next week's um, athlete of the week and conclude on Monday morning at 9. State High School Cross Country Meet will be on Saturday at the Cheyenne Country Club. At 10.30 in the morning, the 3A boys will be the first race, followed by 2A boys at 11. 4A boys at 11.30, 3A, uh, 3A girls at noon, 2A girls at 12.30, and 4A girls at 1 p.m. In high school volleyball from yesterday, Cheyenne Central over Cheyenne South resets the month today, or tonight, Laramie will be at Cheyenne Central, Thunder Basin will be at the Trotum, and Cheyenne South will be at Cheyenne East. East. Our WildPreps.com volleyball poll is out. Laramie remains number one in 4A. Cody second, Thunder Basin third, Kelly Walsh fourth, Star Valley fifth. Mountain View leads the 3A ranks, followed by Buffalo, Powell, Douglas, and Lyman. Bighorn rated number one in 2A. Grable two, right three, Tongue River four, Burns five. And Little Snake River rated number one in 1A, followed by Upton, Cokeville, Southeast, and Riverside. College volleyball, though, I mean, Cowgirls at home tonight to meet the Nevada in Laramie. The Cowgirls are three and five in Mountain West play, 14 and five Overall, Nevada comes in at 6-13. and 13. After tonight's match, the ladies will be at the Fresno State on Saturday. And high school swimming, those regional meets will begin on Friday. The 4A East, and, uh, will be 4A East at Cheyenne East, 4A West in Laramie, 3A East in Cody, and the 3A West in Green River. The State High School Girls Swim Meet will be November 2, 3, and 4 up in Gillette. That's in sports. That was quite a hesitation when I asked you if you speed or not. Well, okay. See, to me, I am not the slowest car out there on the highway. But, but you're I'm not, not the fastest. I'm not the fastest either. I make sure that I am right at that point where the cop is not paying attention to me. I'm boring. Yes. Yeah, okay. So while sometimes I might pass a car, but there's other cars that are passing me. Right. So they're not paying attention to me. I am off their radar, probably both figuratively and literally speaking. Yeah, I've heard nine, you're fine, ten, you're mine. <laughs> Yeah, exactly right. So, yeah, well, I'll do a mile or two hour over well, maybe, yeah, you know, you know, and, and, yeah, That adds up across Wyoming, and that's just fine over there. Then when someone goes blowing by me at 95 miles an hour, I usually yell out, go get that ticket. Or, no, 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 you, you want to follow him because he's the pigeon. Oh, well, yeah, but I'll follow him at a slower speed. I mean, they're not going to bother with me when they're chasing that guy, right? No, 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 no. just you, you, give him some space, but yeah. he's the pigeon. So, or so she. all the speeders out there, thank you. You're keeping them off of me. Yeah, exactly. Like Smokey and the Bandit, right? I know, I know. See? I know, I know. They're playing the Bandit part, right? Okay, I'm the truck driver. Thank you very much. All right, thank you, Frank. 
Hey, I'm going to be in Cheyenne tonight at Thankful Thursday. Hope to see you there. And then on Friday, broadcasting live from the studios of uh, KGAB. Let's wake up Wyoming.